0: We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Now, hear why it's so true. Welcome to Social Capital, the weekly podcast where we dive into social relationships and how the investment you put into them establishes trust, reciprocity, and value within your networking community. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with top professionals and dive into their best networking stories and techniques to share with you. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. LinkedIn is the channel that you will find me on. Make sure to send me a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. By the way, Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency. We host bi-weekly educational webinars. Check out more by visiting keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. Today's guest is Elizabeth Dodson. Elizabeth started her career in technology after securing an MBA from Loyola University in Maryland back in the early 90s she climbed the career ladder at an early stage startup in the commercial construction technology industry to director of business development and demonstrated success driving multi-million dollar sales growth while providing award-winning sales leadership after a personal challenge managing her home elizabeth decided to build the very solution she needed to save money save time and reduce her stress now she is the co-founder of home zada an online and mobile home management portal that helps homeowners manage their homes to save time and money and reduce stress. Specifically, Homezada educates homeowners in the areas of home management, inventory, maintenance, remodeling, projects, and finances. She recently won the 2019 Kesne Female Founders in FinTech Pitch Competition and appeared on the NASDAQ channel. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lori, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here as well. By the way, did I say everything right? <laughs> you did. You did a great job. Oh, like there's a lot of big words that <laughs> <laughs> big words in your in your bio there. Um, fascinating. I love this uh, startup and technology and, and women owned. I think is awesome. So, what made you take the leap to start your own software company?
1: You know, honestly, originally I wasn't going to start a software company because. Um, My husband had already started one and I worked for that company. And um, lo and behold, I ran into my own problems. As the bio indicated, I started running into problems at my home and it was broken hot water heaters uh, that broke earlier than they needed to be only because I didn't understand that simply flushing them which is basically home maintenance makes them operate properly. Um, Not understanding how to manage all my maintenance all these different areas, where was the money going in my house? I was really, really frustrated that I couldn't figure out all the little details of managing my home and how to how to how to actually get this data to make it easier for me to manage my home. And then I started realizing if I'm having this experience, is everyone else? And so I looked for 10 years for someone else to create a solution like Homzada. Nobody did. And then we had sold our last company and um, my husband, who I actually work with right now, he said, "There's, we've got another startup in us. Let's do it again. Let's build the company that you want and the product that you want because we could help all these homeowners everywhere. And at first I thought he was crazy, but then I said, no, you know what? I still have these problems, The solution, my problems are not solved, I need to solve them, and I also need to help other people solve their problems as well, because if I'm going through this, other people must as as well, and sure enough, we have customers all over the country, um, in many countries outside the United States, and they experience the same things, they're running into problems, managing all the details about their home in one place, and this is what Homes allows them to do. I love it,
0: I love how you took your own personal challenge and turned it into a solution for many many people I mean, it's, it's the awesome. way
1: most startups are are put out there and mm-hmm. i think they just recognize that uh you know what we need to figure out how to solve these problems especially because um, one of the things most people don't know is we spend 33 percent annually on our homes that's a lot of money so we really need to be on top of where that money is actually going and is it being allocated in the best places possible within our homes.
0: I didn't realize that that was the amount of money or percentage that goes into our homes, but I can totally see it actually. That definitely makes sense. Um, What types of marketing are you doing to build your customer base? Yeah, so um,
1: obviously we target uh, direct to consumers, So we target the homeowner. Um, We use a lot of different marketing activities to reach them. The um, first set of activities that we target for our homeowner customers is a lot of digital marketing. We are a digital platform, so making sure that we can give them access to our platform as easily as possible is easy with a click. I mean, I think you understand that in your own business, but anything that's social, pay-per-click, email marketing. um, We also do a lot of other marketing as it relates to PR. PR is also a really good way for us to get our message out there because we do a lot of things because we are total home management in one system and not everybody needs complete home management all at once. They may need one portion of managing their home. For instance, I live maybe in Florida, meeting this homeowner and it's getting ready to get hurricane season. So I need to track a home inventory. So that's maybe where they start or maybe you're a first time homeowner. And what you need is to track um, your home maintenance because you're not familiar with how to maintain your home. Or maybe like in the pandemic, everybody was doing projects. And so how do I actually manage those projects as easily and efficiently as I can? So they may start in those areas within homezada. So having PR communicate specifically how a particular area of homezada can help a specific homeowner during that area of their homeowner journey, makes it really easy for us to really reach our customers and for them to understand more about how Humsada can be valuable to them. One of the other things we do too, is when it comes to social, we do use a lot of videos to help people understand why it's valuable to manage your home digitally so that it's efficient for you. It does save you time and money and how you can actually do that using Humsada as well. So videos are really popular with a mm-hmm. lot of our users, and they can reach us at our YouTube channel. The other thing that we do is um, we also target our B business-to-business business customers, so our b 2 b to c type customers, and they range from real estate companies, mortgage companies, insurance companies, home builders, home maintenance contractors, and many more others that find comes out extremely valuable for them. And so one of the things that we do there is it's Um, straightforward business development and partner management to reach those businesses to help them understand how Hamzada can benefit their business as well as their customers. So it becomes a win-win-win for everyone. But there is a common thread that we see both with the homeowners and the, the businesses is that everybody needs to understand a little bit more about Hamzada. So engagement and interaction through education is the common thread that we see in both the audiences that we target and it makes it um, more effective for us to get our message out there in order for people to understand that we exist so they can get better at managing their homes. I love
0: that I love that you've got a, a big emphasis on education yeah and really, it's really educating important. yeah your your buyers on their pains that maybe some they don't even realize you know that they have them but that you've got a solution to help uh, alleviate some of the challenges that you know, that could be coming up in front of them. Um, So that's fantastic to hear overall. Uh,
1: Yeah, we we get excited about it. And um, when people hear about Hamzada, they don't really, they're surprised that it exists, first of all, because most people are doing things manually, whether it's with paper, whether it's um, they're combining their work calendar with their personal calendar, or they are um, using sticky notes. And so it's just one of those things where how can we make things really efficient efficient, and how do we leverage tech to do that? And um, we're big firm believers that um, you can have tech for fun's sake, but you can also have tech
0: to really make your life
1: a whole lot easier.
0: Let's talk about networking a little bit. Can you share with me one of your most successful or favorite networking stories that you've had? Oh, I have a great one for here. So,
1: so I'm an extrovert. I love to network. I go to events all the time. So, um, for me, it's really easy to network, and I love meeting people. And I look at um, l- love learning what they do and what who I can connect them with. But there was one time when I went to a networking event and um, not everyone is an extrovert like me. Many people are introverts. And there was this young lady who was kind of off to the corner and I'm like, mm, no, nope, this is not going to happen. So beware. Here I come. Um, and I'm talking to her quite frequently. We became fast friends after that, by the way. But during this time, she was really nervous. And so we just got to talk in and having a, um, an understanding of each other's business. And then I invited her to another event that I was actually speaking at, uh, locally here in the Sacramento area. And she was really nervous. And she explained to me, she was an introvert. And I said, I could tell just because you're standing over by the wall and, uh, not engaging. And I said, but we can actually help with that. And at the next event, I said, just meet two people, two people. You don't have to meet everybody in the room. Just meet two people, walk out with two people. And That's it. Make it really simple. She was so excited that she was given a goal that forces her out of her comfort zone. That not only did she meet two people, but she met seven people by the end of the night. And she was so proud of her achievement. And she didn't realize how easy it was until it started going. Sure. But she was so, so stressed out about just, I don't even want to talk to anyone. And that simple little goal, a low risk goal, Helped her continue to build out her networking capabilities. And so then she met a lot of other people I know in the industry, in the tech industry here. And she ended up meeting much, many, many more, and then doing business with a lot of these individuals. So one little thing, one little goal, meaning two people, was super simple. And then here it is. She's now got a thriving business because of just one tiny little
0: goal. Love that. And a couple of things. One, I'm definitely a big fan of the the buddy system, especially when someone's uncomfortable or, you know, you're walking into a new event where you don't really know anyone. I think that's a great way to kind of alleviate some of that pressure. Um, but two, that you motivated her with the goal and, and simple goal. You know, two people is, is not as intimidating as beat 10 people, but, you know, she obviously far exceeded that. So that's fantastic. I, I love that, that you pushed her. Um, the challenge to try something new and step outside of our comfort zone. I think that's, that's really where the magic happens when you step outside your comfort zone. Absolutely. And she appreciates it now too. So uh,
1: yet another friend of mine recommended to the same person to go to Toastmasters to build her confidence. And so for people who don't know who, who Toastmasters is, it's um, a place where you can go and practice speaking in front of other people. And because she did this, Oftentimes her speeches would get rated the highest in the group. So it definitely took her out of her comfort zone on so many levels, but it also built her confidence so that now when I do see her at events, she has no problems meeting other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. So regardless of the size of your network or com- your community, it's extremely important to stay in touch and connected with them. How do you stay in front of or best nurture your relationships with your network? Uh, yeah, that's an... And that's a hard thing for a lot of people,
1: especially if your networks are large. Um, one of the ways I do that is through LinkedIn. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I can periodically see what's going on in people's lives, but I can also correspond and send private messages just to reconnect with mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, another thing that I do and perform, now granted, it, the pandemic has put um, a slight change on things. But it's also making sure that you are going to the events in your area. Um, We had a lot of virtual events during the pandemic. Making sure you're still doing that and continuing to build those relationships. One of the other things that um, I also participate in is um, what I refer to as masterminds. And a mastermind generally brings a group of people together, not giant, just a small group where individuals can freely speak about their business and how each other can help each other. And not only help each other in the business and and answer questions and suggestions for a particular task or a strategy, but also because when you have a group of individuals where you have the freedom to speak, they have networks that they have as well that they can also bring to the table, which also helps all of us nurture our networks because now we've got more people to introduce to each other, to help each other grow each other's businesses.
0: I love that. I'm a huge fan of masterminds. So I love that you brought that up and and LinkedIn obviously is a channel that I'm pretty active on as well, but um, I, I, yeah, just supporting and advocating for each other and being open and honest and, and sharing the pains and advocating for others and helping them out. I think that's the best way to, to continue to nurture and cultivate relationships. Absolutely. And it's been very, it's been very helpful
1: for our business, but also um, my friends' businesses as well, because once you start realizing um, who you know, then you start realizing who they know Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: so on and so forth. And those connections grow, not only because you're speaking to people in person on virtual activities, but also because then when you connect with them on LinkedIn, it's almost like this round robin, you start seeing other people that they know, and then why not um, continue to ask for those introductions, but then continue to nurture them. This is a, it's a really good way to continue to nurture relationships by helping your friends nurture their relationships by providing services to them or providing value to them.
0: Love it, love it. So what advice would you offer that business professionals really looking to grow their network? The biggest thing I would say is one, get out there to
1: um, don't be shy with LinkedIn. I just, I love LinkedIn. Uh, I just love, 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 love mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Did mm-hmm. I say I love LinkedIn? Yep, um, I'm there. So-, I'm there with you. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be shy with that. Hear what people have to say. Um, even if they ping you through in mail or some other connection, hear what they have to say before you actually write them off. Cause you never know where you could support each other. And then I do encourage people, especially for those introverts out there, it's just meet two people at an event. Just do not give yourself some astronomical goal that you feel intimidated by and you may not want to go out there and at all. So if you feel so intimidated, you're probably not going to go out and network at all. Just tell yourself that you only need to meet two people at an event. That's it. And make it a quality two people. Um, meaning that you spend quality time with them to get to know them a little bit more. And then once you start meeting those people, they'll start introducing you to other people. And then you've got in, um, a built-in buddy system at an event because people just start introducing you.
0: I love that. I think that, again, the keep it simple. Don't overwhelm yourself. But a little small goal to try to tackle and help you overcome whatever fears or reservations that you have and you you just you'd be surprised who who you talk to and what how they can be a resource to you and who they can introduce you to i think that that's great advice to share
1: yeah and it doesn't have to be a lot for instance um i went to one event and i i went with a goal to meet a particular individual um because i needed that individual to help fund our um our seed round of our company and I made sure that I got in front of that individual, but I also did it through people that they knew at this particular networking event. So I paid attention to um, who this person was talking to and and who I already knew to get that introduction. And it actually helped because that particular individual and that company helped fund our business.
0: Well, and that's the magic of networking, isn't it? The magic. (laughs) It is. Let's uh, go back to your 20 year old self here a little bit, Elizabeth. What would you tell yourself to do more of, def- less of? Let me say that again more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career. Um, so,
1: looking back, so I don't have a whole lot of regrets looking back, but I will say take the job. So, there was an opportunity that was provided to me. And I thought at the time I wasn't qualified enough for the job. I thought that the job needed someone else's skill set in it. And I declined the position, which was surprising for someone like me because I'm pretty confident. But I, I just felt this was for the best of the company at the time. And then as it turns out, I ended up having to do the job anyway over over years of doing it so take the job if it's offered to you take the job you will figure it out and people within your company will help you figure it out
0: yeah you know i've read studies about this where women are uh, like they are only comfortable taking a job if they can do like 95% of it where men will take the job if they can do like 30 or 40% of it correct i've i've witnessed it and experienced it
1: <laughs> and so it's it's uh one of those things that i don't necessarily regret it because it was a great lesson that i learned mm-hmm. but looking back you know i would have taken it and i ended up doing the job anyway after the fact sure. and so it's like well Why didn't I take it? And I look back and and thought the qualifications weren't there. I thought that, you know, maybe I could gain from additional mentors, but let's face it. We actually can gain from our own learning capabilities and our Mm -hmm. own learning skills. And I think we discount that a lot and think that they aren't as valuable as learning from somebody else, but our own experiences and our own setbacks, our own progress, our own wins and losses They all teach us stories and they all help us grow if we're actually evaluating them and paying attention to them. And I know that I'm one of those people that does pay attention to it. So looking back, my own experiences could have lended to success in that role. And it ended up doing that over time because over time I did end up taking on part of that role. It's just that I didn't take it at the time because I thought it was a little too soon for me. Something that I will not do again, and I hope no one else does either.
0: But obviously, someone else thought you were a good fit for it because they they offer the position for you. So it's it's really interesting, fascinating mindset we have when we're younger, right? As opposed it to the the experience and the the more experienced mindset. <laughs> I don't it know how to say that. <laughs> so true.
1: No, it's so true. But and it's not just like one person offered it, like. There was a lot of people encouraging me to take it. And I kept saying, no, 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 I'm not ready. No, no. And most, and believe it or not, and I'll say this right now, it was all men telling me to take it. And I didn't listen. They absolutely had my back. They absolutely were encouraging me. And I was super resistant and they're like, she's not going to budge on this. So we have to go out and hire somebody which was just the oddest thing. But yeah, looking back, it's one of those lessons I learned, not necessarily the hard way, Just I just didn't pay attention to the details at the time that people did have my back and they wanted me to succeed and they weren't going to throw me to the wolves without support. I just didn't see it at the time. And I'm like, okay, so whoever's out there who's been offered a job,
0: take it. The promotion, (laughs) whatever it is, take it. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you would love to connect with, and do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? That's a hard question,
1: really hard question, um, because I don't know who that one person is. Because I just get so excited meeting the next person, and the next person, mm-hmm. and the next person, and the next person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if I was if I was told that I had to go figure something out, I would probably figure it out and say. Whoever that person is, I would find a way to go meet that person. And there's a lot of creative ways to do that. Once again, I'm going to throw out LinkedIn. This is not a commercial for LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is an amazing, (laughs) amazing solution. Um, I would also even think about um, in order to go meet any particular individual, I would go read up on... What's important to them? Mm -hmm. What what are the goals of their company? So I'll just throw something out there. Maybe it's an executive of a company and I do that now. Maybe they recently won an award or maybe they have a change in their industry or a change in um, their company. Reaching out and letting them know somehow, whether it's email, whether it's um, on LinkedIn, whether it's any other type of platform, that you know that you've been watching them, not in a creepy way, in a very professional way, and that you'd like to share some suggestions or advantages for their company or organization that could benefit them. I think that that is easier said than done it's, you just need to be pay more attention and you need to be creative enough to get your message to that individual and be persistent enough. And one of the things I have from a previous boss who I admired greatly, he gave me this little, um, this little saying, and basically oftentimes and the saying is pretty detailed, but it basically says Sometimes it takes you 12 different times to really get in touch with someone, but it's the person that will persist with the messages that will be the person that actually can reach that individual. And I am a firm believer in that, partly because I've been in sales all my life, but I'm a firm believer in that persistence actually can pay off. Mm -hmm. And if you're providing value to that individual, so finding out what that value is, beyond just your own selling of your own product or services. And I think people will appreciate that and they will then take your call. But I have absolute confidence that whomever that person is, or those people are, I
0: could figure out how to get there. I I do believe that a hundred percent, just that you can do it. (laughs) And I also, it's funny, I, I actually had lunch with someone today who's in the process of starting her own business and is struggling with sales. And, you know, we, we talked through, um, what is her, what is her process to try to get in front of someone? And she says she's got basically, you know, a phone call and, and three emails. And I said that you need to do way more than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. So I, I always heard a minimum of, of seven touches, like absolute minimum of seven touches. Um, but yeah, it it is persistence. And I even look at when people are trying to get a hold of me, it's it's the ones that are persistent that I'm like, okay, fine. I will give you, I'll give you some of my time. <laughs> um, but everyone's got a million different things going on every single day. So it, it's a matter of finding, getting them at the right time as well. And you don't know what the right time is when you're trying to reach out to someone. So you have to continue to follow up on numerous occasions. That is absolutely an accurate statement and
1: a, and a one that I'm glad you brought up is um, timing is everything. And so I can honestly tell you, even through Hamzada and my previous business, I have reached out to certain companies over periods of years, just periodically Mm -hmm. pinging them, pinging them, pinging them. And the timing was always off. And then all of a sudden years go by. And by the way, I'm not hounding them every other week for years. That's yeah. kind of annoying and it's, it's mm-hmm. that's just going to get people turned off by you, but pinging them every couple of months, sharing with them new information that's going on within your own company, sharing information that maybe you've read about in the industry that you think that they would find valuable, so on and so forth, but pinging them periodically over years. And then all of a sudden the timing is right. Maybe they may have new leadership. They may have new, um, new divisions that they've designed they may have new allocation of funds they may be ready for this division to take leadership or it be a priority with their their organization when in fact other divisions were a priority over the last several years so timing is is everything and i suggest to people out there don't be discouraged because when The timing is right and you find the right people who understand what you're trying to offer to these companies, they will at least take the meeting. And then from there, then your sales process starts again, qualify in, qualify out, making sure that, um, you can provide value to the company that you're talking to and that it's going to be a good partnership in the long run.
0: Love that. Yeah. I think that's fantastic advice to share for anyone that's listening is just be be persistent and not, not, not pokey, annoying, persistent, but just stay in front of them. (laughs) Remind them that you exist because you don't know when they have that need. That's correct. Or budget. Um, That too. Yep. Need and budget. Um, all right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? Oh, I have some great questions, especially because
1: of your type of business. Um, so with your experience in marketing, um, what do you see as some of the upcoming trends for marketing moving forward?
0: Oh, trends. Oh goodness. Um, you know, search engine optimization is not disappearing. I think that's still going to be really important in anything. It's going to become more important as like, voice search is becoming more and more popular. Um with your your siri your alexa and it's really making sure that you're optimizing your content so that with with siri and alexa the difference is there aren't pages of results that show up it's basically like you know here's one or two or three recommendations so that's that's going to be something that i think a lot of people have to pay attention to um and really evaluating like virtual reality and augmented reality especially with what happened you know with covid where things were shut down um, for quite some time, it, it expedited any sort of conducting business online significantly. Um, and that, that progression and evolution of leveraging technology to do business and marketing just, um, it, 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 it jumped forward like five years basically. So if anyone is not really maximizing any sort of technology from an automation standpoint, from a, you know, messaging standpoint, you're, you're definitely missing out and you're gonna, you're gonna fall behind fairly quickly.
1: Uh, those are fabulous tips. And, um, one of the other questions I had is, um, cause it's cause you've probably answered part of it, but what did you see? Where did you see people adapt their marketing during the pandemic? Cause I know things changed a lot for a lot of people. So where did you see the adaption happen?
0: Yeah, you know what? I I saw LinkedIn change significantly. Um, And I also saw Facebook groups really explode um, from a a digital standpoint and really in a space of people being a resource and sharing their expertise uh, as opposed to just selling because everyone came from a mindset of we're all struggling and we want to help each other. And I, I think those types of businesses that took that approach Kind of elevated their brand and their position a lot better than those that just kind of said oh my gosh the world is ending i'm going to go hide in the car- corner and cry um so i i think you know there's really two things that happened either some people froze and others really kind of took a really powerful strong stance on being a resource and support their 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 network and their community
1: oh that's awesome so you bring up networking and education with where you saw the changes happen. That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Do you have any final word or advice off our listeners about networking? I would say one, get out
1: there, however you do it, virtually, online, um, in person. Um, and then two, keep it simple. You know, two people. Don't stress yourself out, especially after the pandemic. A lot of people have been, you um, inside for a long time and they haven't been in offices and they may be nervous. So it's just a little bit at a time and you don't have to jump in the deep end right away. Just t- step your toe in the steps and go on the, the shallow end with just a couple of people. Every time you go out, just two people meet two people.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's fantastic advice to share. And it, it's really to, to keep it simple. That mentality is that's, that's the way to succeed, honestly, is to do the simple things very well. Thank All I right. If go. anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you?
1: Well, one of the best ways they can reach me, if they are interested in Homsada, they can go visit Homsada at Um, But if they're interested in talking to me, I am on LinkedIn. I'm at e. Dodson. On LinkedIn. And so if people type in Elizabeth Dodson plus Homzada, they'll get me. There are a lot of Elizabeth Dodson's. So just keep that in mind. So you need Homzada in there, but absolutely connect with me. Tell me who you are, what you offer. Um, I love learning what other people offer, and maybe we can work together.
0: Fantastic. I love it. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation. You offered some fantastic advice for our listeners. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Elizabeth Dotson for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, connect with me, connect with Elizabeth on LinkedIn. We're there, we're active. We want to share some great information. um, And I look forward to hearing from you shortly. I hope you all have an amazing, fantastic day. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Be sure to visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to check out our free eBooks on business and networking.